In the sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. On the Lance J Show, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad at Paragon 7 Studios. These are their stories. One thing about you, John, is uh, you're very, very consistent with with everything that you do. So um, I, I know that I know that you really stand for health equity and, and you stand for um, you stand for racial equality. You stand for uh, some of your posts about uh, you talking about your own family and the LGBT community. Uh, I think is uh, amazing to really put yourself out there. So so continue. Never oh, change, man. Never change. Sorry, I couldn't be there with you guys. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a busy time here at Nightingale. We're doing great. Uh, we uh, are on the verge of bringing a wonderful new partner uh, to join us. Uh, we completed in uh, January our investment in uh, Round Trip, which is just an amazing non-urgent medical transportation company based in Philly. Okay. Uh that really specializes in the needs, especially of, of frail elders and uh, the disabled in non-urgent medical transport. That's a that, that interestingly, you just mentioned it. It's an LGBTQ-owned company uh, that built a unique um, SaaS-based spot market for uh, medical transport. So um, uh, they've got a nationwide network. Um, beautifully run by Mark Sotaj and his team, and we're just really, really excited uh, about that investment. Um, we are now working on um, food insecurity yeah. and internal and child health, especially for women of color. Um, you saw the discussion last week that showed that uh, black and brown women are dying in childbirth. Yes, year. yes. Yes, uh, at a, three times that of, of white women, um, and and for us that's a that's a, an urgent priority considering that every Medicaid RFP coming out right now has uh, has a huge focus on uh, black and brown maternal and child health. So mm. we're uh, staying there. I mean, in the, in the larger picture, we're really excited about the opportunity around supplemental benefits and Medicare Advantage in 2023 in particular. Okay. Uh, one thing we're certainly seeing is that Medicare Advantage, at least in the draft notice from the feds, uh, are looking at about an 8% payment next year. would be one of the larger in memory. And that means there's going to be plenty of money on right. hand for supplemental benefits like food Security, like housing security, like non-urgent medical transport, as we said just a minute ago. And I actually think medical transport is going to absolutely explode next year uh, as a result. Um, it's worth noting, James, that uh, about 85% of special needs plans have a transportation benefit right now, and about yeah. 35% of individual Medicare Advantage plans. And I expect yep. that last number is going to go up dramatically and, and john i have year. i've been i've fought for for at, at every stop that i've been i've fought for that medical transportation yeah. benefit and eventually got it into the bid and got it to be a part of the program because um when you know i'm old school 
uh, when I learned this business, you know, I did ride-alongs, and I remember doing a ride-along on a on a uh, dialysis visit, and just yeah. understanding with someone that's on dialysis and what they go through, and um, you have to have a strong transportation benefit. Uh, for for people that are in end stage renal and people that are really complex diabetics yeah. and 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 are immobile, so I think that that's phenomenal work that you're doing. That's why we always want to highlight. You know, now that we're on in DC, we're on WOL ninety five point point nine FM in DC and 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 with Urban One Radio. What um, can you tell? Because we we talk often to the healthcare executives. What does it mean to the person driving on the Beltway or sitting in traffic on three ninety five? that is eligible for Medicare Advantage or, or Medicaid. Why, are, why is the work that Nightingale and, and other some of the great companies that, that you collaborate with, why is it so important to, to their lives from the, from the member granular level? Uh, it's a great question, James. And if you're driving on the Beltway, I'm offering my sympathies because you're out there <laughs> dealing with these idiot fucker convoy fools right. uh, who summing up the works around here the last couple days with their worthless now, protest. I'm, but, I'm, very um, cur- I'm very curious to, to go on a tangent there because I don't live in D.C., but the traffic yeah. in D.C. is already pretty bad. So what, what would you accomplish by creating more traffic on 495 than there already is? Yeah, I mean, what? Wh- who's had the great <laughs> driving in a circle around the beltway right. in traffic to own the lift? Right. I mean, I, I just don't get these people at right. all. But to your question, James, um, especially for folks who live like in the east side of Washington D.C. and Ward Seven and Eight, where yep. the needs are the greatest, that's, and that's where my base is. That's where that's yeah. where that's where everybody that we work with is in Ward Seven and Ward Eight. My my dad grew up in Ward Seven, so I know that that area like the back of my hand. Yeah, and and I think you know this is a really important moment for these marginalized communities because you know there's been this grand awakening especially in the Medicare Advantage industry, that dealing with the, what we call social determinants of health, mm-hmm. which, you know, I always say are just four fancy words for poverty and race, right, right. Uh, impact that they have on healthcare expenditures and the quality of care. And, you know, in Medicare, James, almost 80% of healthcare costs can be attributed to poverty and racism. Mm. So anytime... You know, the Medicare Advantage plans are in a position to offer benefits that will address, directly address the effects of poverty, like food insecurity, housing insecurity, uh, transportation insecurity. Those are really great um, benefits that have a disproportionate impact on underserved communities. And and I think it's, it's really wonderful that the industry has uh, has figured out that by dealing directly with these uh, these social health needs, uh, they'll dramatically reduce the cost of care and improve its quality. Mm. Um, what do you think? Uh, I'd be remiss uh, having you on the show. So if you're just tuning in, uh, if you're listening on, on, on Urban One in D.C., or you're listening on any of our affiliates around the country or, or, or the podcast, I am broadcasting from the, the RISE Conference in, in Nashville, Tennessee. I have John Gorman. Uh, who is a who is one of the architects of, of what we know is as currently known as Medicare and, and many other managed care programs around the country. Uh, John's calling in and, and chatting with us a little bit. What do you think the big hot button here at Rise this year, in my opinion, is OIG? And um, when when I 
I like to think that I was a very aggressive auditor when I was a VP of risk adjustment. So we audited 20% minimum of all supplemental data, usually 30%. And we had very mm -hmm. sophisticated audit processes. Most of the plans that I that I knew were audited maybe a, a you know a couple hundred charts a year. We were we were auditing 30% of our charts and, and all of the supplemental sources. But we've seen now that if you don't have good payment integrity with claims, there's so many yeah. leakage points and CMS, OIG, all of these audit bodies are coming in. I don't there's some plans that cook the books, there's some plans that know that they're getting overpayments and ignore it. I don't think that yeah. that's the norm. I just refuse to believe that. But there are a lot yeah, of people that are only auditing 3% or 2%, and they come back and they get audited by OIG. They owe $30 million. They owe $50 million. How important yeah. are these audits moving forward? And are we going to get to a point, ultimately, where the process for risk adjustment with EDPS, are we going to have independent auditors like we have with HEDIS, that you can't even submit that data for payment without getting it approved? Are we getting into some type of uh, more rationalized submission of all data across the board for, for managed care? Well, it's certainly always a, a much greater focus in Democratic administrations, James. Interesting, I mean, interesting. They, Why is they that? Really go, well, they really go after... Uh, generally, as a rule, corporate malfeasance. Got it. And, you know, there's certainly been uh, enough evidence in Medicare Advantage of plans trying to game the risk adjustment system right. that, um, you know, Democratic administrations in particular take a pretty hard line on this stuff. Now, um, the Biden administration, much like the Obama administration, um, you know, really laid out in their budget a pretty significant recovery amount uh, from these kind of risk adjustment audits. Right. Um, they were never really realized at all in the Obama administration because there's been so much controversy around the audit methodologies that they use. But I think it's important for folks to understand, uh, James, that if the Office of Inspector General comes knocking, mm -hmm. you got it really big problem yeah. because the OIG, those are the guys with the badges and guns. Right, right. Literally. It's like, the the, it's like the Securities and Exchange Commission. I was explaining to someone, it's like, it's yeah. like Wolf of Wall Street when the SEC came in there. <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, it's, exactly. it's, it's, it's different than the Rad V. The Rad V is just a love tap. Yeah. Um, if the OIG is coming knocking, generally you did something to bring them to your door. Got it. Got it. Um, ever ever a good development um, for a plan. Now, having said all that, I tend to think that, you know, major audit findings with big recovery amounts are pretty rare still in the industry, James. Okay. It's got a particularly egregious case like what United is going through right, right now. Right. Uh, you know, north of nine figures. Right. Unbelievable kind of attention. So I don't think, you know, the, most of the rank and file Medicare Advantage plans have all that much to worry about, but it's important to note that, you know, the law enforcement folks in HHS make no distinction between incompetence right. and negligence or, you know, actual malfeasance. Right, you're I responsible. Mean, yeah, you're responsible. and you got to be dumb to, um, you know, to blunder your way into right. one of these. Right. Um, so, you know, I think as long as folks are taking this very seriously, that they recognize that the customer 
in Medicare Advantage is the federal government and that the way you make that customer happy is by obeying their rules. Right. And risk adjustment, you know, whenever it's self-reported data that's determining payments from the federal government, it's always going to be right for fraud and abuse. So, right. um, and more cautious um, and, and more thorough in your mitigation efforts around coding or upcoding right. in risk adjustment is always a good policy during uh, a democratic administration. No, very good. Uh, great advice and, and great counsel from, from John Gorman. It's, it's always a pleasure to have you. Sorry about the technical difficulties, but but we love sure. having you on the show, man. We love we love your candor and, and obviously the, the, the industry knowledge. Uh, always give a chance. Where, where can people, because I know, especially in the D.C. crowd, do you have any uh, health equity programs that you're running or, or any information to get out to the D.C. crowd or, or where we can go to the website and kind of find out? Because John always has, he has a broadband internet access program. He has uh, food yeah. insufficiency programs. If you're listening in D.C. and you need help, it's very it's very plausible that John and his organization can help you. So so where can the people in D.C. listening go to, to learn about what you're doing? You can always uh, check in with us at nightingalepartners.org, awesome. James. Uh, we ju- we are breaking ground right now on the first of several of our adult daycare centers over nice. in Ward Seven Eight. Nice. Uh, in CCC, um, those are you know those are part of the PACE program, the program of all inclusive care for the elderly. So these are basically adult daycare centers on steroids. Nice. And they're intended to be nursing home diversion programs for uh, low income beneficiaries. So uh, we just broke ground in uh, in Ward 7 and 8 on our first one over there and we're hoping that that will be the first of many. It's good stuff, John. It's always a pleasure to to have you on the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks, brother. We'll see you again soon. Talk to you soon. Paragon 7 7. Studios. Studios.